It's the seventh day of July. We are halfway through. I know. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, halfway through what? Yeah. yeah. I know somebody was saying the other day, like we're halfway through the year. And uh, you know, and, and I find it's it's interesting. Like I, I understand, you know, why we do that. I mean, we have quarters, right? In business, right? We right. talk about quarterly goals and you know, yep. getting what we need to get done each quarter and you know, so it is important to understand where we are in space and time. I mean, I, I keep thinking when we're on a highway, we need to know where we are in space and time, you know. But I think in general, you know, sometimes I wonder why we put so much emphasis when we don't need to. Mm. You know, like here we are halfway through the year. What exactly does that mean? Or what meaning do we give that? It's like, okay, here we are halfway through the year, you know, mm-hmm. or, or are we giving that the meaning? Oh, God, I haven't gotten enough accomplished or you know, I, I think a lot of times it can, in, it can infer, mm-hmm. that, you know, we're losing time or we haven't, you know, like we need to check ourselves, which again, like I said, there's a certain degree that that needs to happen. Correct. But where is that line and where does it go beyond being helpful uh-huh. and being, you know, where we get in our headspace about stuff, you know, because again, when this person said it, there wasn't really a meaning. It wasn't like it was a business discussion where like, okay, we're halfway through the year what have we gotten accomplished? Where are we? And it wasn't that it was just mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, we're halfway through the year. It's like, yep. okay, what, what meaning am I supposed to give that? Or what meaning? I guess the question is what meaning am I giving that? Correct. Correct. And I think it's, it's, if you look, if you listen to, to people say that like mine was, wow, time flies just the other day. It was January 1st. Now it's July. And the, the, the connotative for me in that was if you've been sitting down and not ticking off in terms of doing what you're supposed to be doing, you will be caught with your pants down come December 31st, where you thought on January 1st of this year, oh, I'm going to go to the gym, all these different, and it, it comes down to, you know, what you said, all our different resolutions that we make. Ah, this, this year I'm going to do this. How are you with those resolutions? It's... Or are you making resolutions that you need to be making? Because I think we have been for so long, this is my question, you know, we have been for so long that do, 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 we're doers mm-hmm. instead of human beings. I like right? a necklace, beautiful necklace, beautiful necklace. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, yeah, but but you know, and I think it, it's like it's almost expected, like New Year's resolutions. And, and then there's some some people their reactions. Well, I don't make resolutions. I it's don't. more again, it's not a response. It's a reaction. Like I'm mm. sick of you know pounding these things into my head. I mean, I think there's a. I believe, and this is what I found both being a coach, helping mm-hmm. people in their businesses, mm-hmm. as well as just at the age I'm getting to is we do really want, I want to become more aware of where I am just being busy. Gotcha. Giving myself things to do because I should be moving, should, right? Should be further along. I'm Again, me telling myself, uh, need to be doing this, that, and the other. And, and where I actually have zeroed in and focused in on a particular growth area zone that I, that I want to establish, or I want to augment, or I want to grow, uh, develop, uh, and, and the things I'm choosing to put on my plate as goals 
are in alignment with getting me there, right? Mm. And, and, and I do feel that more from what I'm hearing from not only clients, but just people in general, is that the, the whole quarantine experience kind of did have people step back because, you know, there's times when we need to stop doing, we need to rest, we need to recoup, we need to heal, <laughs> yes. we need to heal. I mean, you know, I had a client the other day and he was sharing something with me. He, he kind of came back to do some more coaching. I haven't worked with him in about a year and he was kind of catching me up, up to speed. Uh-huh. And he was telling me about one particular thing that had happened and I have never heard him talk so fast. About a year, and he was kind of catching me up. Right there was this pain in in the story he was telling me, and he could not tell me that story fast enough. Mm. Like he just didn't even want to address the pain, and so he did. And 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 it was it was interesting. So I, I feel like where are we perhaps not giving ourselves the necessary time? Mm-hmm you know, to heal some things, to, to, to step back and not be doing, right? I mean, we're always doing stuff, but not be actively trying to accomplish goals and win and get ahead, you know, mm. the getting ahead, part of getting ahead. I mean, if we're limping along and we don't, we, we don't let that leg heal, if we keep moving, you know, you keep playing basketball on a broken toe, eventually you're not going to be able to play. So we've got to step back and allow that healing to happen so we can come out of the gate next season or whenever as strong or stronger, right? And and so I think that's where I'm really kind of looking at, you know, again, looking in, which by the way, can I just share with you? I'm so excited. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Physical form. Here's the book. Uh -uh. We're doing what's called a read through. Gotcha. Like, so, you know, congrats. Thank you. And so I have a physical thing to read through, but you know, that's, that's, I think really where it's like, all right, what, as I'm finishing up a project, Mm -hmm. what's next, Mm -hmm. you know, do I feel the need to tell myself, well, because of this, now I need to be diving into this, that, and the other thing, Mm -hmm. or, you know, even book launch people like you're going to do a book launch. I don't know. Let me look at that. You know, let me, let me think about that. Is that how I want to put the book out there? Just because that's kind of what's expected. Uh, Is that what I want to do? So taking into account me, not just the things that I, as me need to do, mm -hmm. where am I, Tracy Phillips in my health, well-being, spirituality, all of that at this point. And, and what do those aspects of me need? Yeah. Not just me on paper as a coach, as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, you know, that I guess is what I'm saying is, is I, that really thinking thoroughly through those things and making the decisions according to all aspects of me and the needs that I have. You know, I'm hearing what I'm hearing or what I heard was you, you, you're being intentional. Uh, it's your, our resolutions, our, yeah. There are visions, our goals, et cetera. If we're in- intentional, those things will naturally happen. Mm-hmm. Because if we're intentional, I will be intentional with my words. I will not speak hurt. I will, I will only speak life. I will only speak um, into people, right? It's, it's my in- if I'm intentional about that, I don't have to think about did I speak badly to somebody? Did I hurt somebody? Right. So it's, I'm living in the moment. Yeah, and, and, being and, present. And, yeah. Intentional. I've been and, intentional for a long time because I can intentionally decide to do a bunch of stuff. 
And you know, but I feel like it's a refinement of intentionality and more congruency, right? So what I heard you say, which I agree, that's exactly what I'm going through is I wouldn't call it intentionality because I've been intentional for a long time. I would say it's building congruency into all aspects of my intentionality, which mm-hmm. means I'm embodying Correct. my message. So if I say I am a, an integrous human being, I need to be integrous in my word, in my action, in my thoughts, in the choices of what I do and who I surround myself with in my environments. And so I'm finding right. more of a refinement of int- intentionality and a growing desire to be congruent in all those areas, right? Correct. All those needs that are me in my existence in this lifetime to build congruency because I could be doing it over here congruently, but not over here, which means I don't have overall congruency. Mm. I don't um, have alignment all the way through. Hear you, hear you. Uh, you know, you were saying something earlier. And in fact, as I was saying, right. So being intentional, we, 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 for personally, I, I don't have to put guardrails up because if I'm intentional, my, my, I don't need my guardrails. Hi, Alan. Hi, Carl. How are you guys doing? And I see there are five people on here and only Carl and Alan have spoken. So the three of you who are lurking in the dark, we will flush you out. We will first flush you out. But no, uh, you were saying hey something guys, earlier. I know. Uh, so good to see you guys. You guys, Scott. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We truly appreciate it. But I, I'm... I heard something this week in passing, and I think it's all about what you were saying here. Hi, Albert. Good afternoon. Hey, he spoke. Yay! <laughs> uh, I heard. I, I read something or no, heard something, and I think it was in line with what you said. You know, you've completed the book. Now what? What you know? What the world says? We have to be. You have to have your your notes you have to have your 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 calendar saying you know this i have a full calendar right but i heard this piece which it's kind of similar but not exactly the guy says when you fail hey Caleb, how are you so he says <laughs> uh, uh when you fail and you fall flat don't just get up I think this is in line with when you when you give the analogy of playing ball, where you get injured and you say, oh, I gotta go and play. So we're in the finals now. We're seeing a lot of injuries in the NBA. And you, you find out people sitting up and I know I would wanna say, oh, I got mama mentality. I'm gonna go with a broken finger and go and play. Yeah, some people can do that, but not all. However, he says that when you fail and fall flat, don't just get up and start, no. And I'm talking to all of us here. When we fail, assess your failure. <laughs> assess where you are. Like, why, why, why am I, why is this broken nose? Or why, why am I on the ground now? As you do, weaved, left, but gosh, he came right there in my space. So next time I have to fix the weave, I, I have to, why am I here? Collect the data right? Assess it, collect the data, do your study down there. And what down there is proverbial where you're sitting now thinking, don't just go back in the ring and fight. Stay there and understand why is it I did what I did? Because within that, where, where, where we say failure is important, that is the important aspect 
of failure, which makes you win. Because when you are down there and you assess it and you say, hmm, this is why. And when you get up, you can go further. Whereas the broken foot, ah, it's broken. Look, I'm going to get up. Anyway, it's what you call rest and recuperation, right? So as we're walking down this path, this, this road, ah, and the re you know, I, I got to say this, a good friend, a cousin of a good friend passed away. She was 49, 49, an entrepreneur. I mean, she's blazing a restaurateur in Liberia where it's, it's kind of hard to, to run a business because, you know, just the, 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 the ecosystem just isn't primed for it. But she has run this business um, for 20, 20 plus years, just, just rolling and she dies right? Healthy, healthy um, lady. Uh, I'm sitting and I think, you know, most times we, death for me, I don't know how we have pivoted to death, but I think it's in line with failure, etc. Death for me is when I hear about it, it's so sobering for me because I go and I think legacy. I think if I should die now, what did I leave here? What did I leave here? My failures, in my failures, did I win so that I could walk it and tell others, others could learn from it? And I'm about to uh, pun back to you right after this next sentence. People in our failures think legacy. And when you think legacy, think how can I win from this failure? And I will have to record it, record it. Because when you record it, people who come after will learn and improve. Back at you, sis. I love that. Well, I, there was halfway through there that you were talking and I, you know, we have Alan, Alan on here and, and um, my friend Alan, he likes to do this thing where, you know, when he's in his podcast and so I was thinking I needed to do that because, you know, you you absolutely nailed it. I think what you were just saying, you know, is so important for us to remember. And, you know, and I am sorry to hear uh, about the passing um, yeah. of this young woman, young being the, the, the crucial word there. Was it an accident? Nah, it was, it was, she, she had a, a I think an abscess um, that just turned and cyst came and just, poisoned her body oh. yeah. yeah that's really and tragic. again that goes to to the healthcare system but that's not what the this talk is here for for liberia today go but ahead I, yeah right yeah the healthcare system boy that could be a whole like you know series of its own you know i, I whoa hey hey we're good we're good ladies and gentlemen just focus focus on the words don't focus on the mic i am not going to hold my mic <laughs> it is acting up um, drop the mic. But yeah, I dropped the mic literally. <laughs> um, but but I, I I feel that you know what you're saying is is very important. You know when we're talking about I mean what you left off with was concept of legacy. But I loved what you're saying about failure because I see this happen a lot when we don't assess mm. where we are at any point, whether we've just failed or whether we've just succeeded or we're somewhere in between. Correct. We don't take that time to process 
where we are, right? So maybe that question of, oh, we're halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a great time not to just react by saying, ah, or time flies or, or, or oh gosh, I'm not far enough along or, oh, you know, wow, I've got more accomplished than I thought. It's mm-hmm. really to think, okay, if that's the thing. Let's say I've got more accomplished than I thought. What have I done? How have I done it? How have I gotten more accomplished than I thought I would have by this time? Or if the opposite is true, asking the same questions, why mm. not? What have I not accomplished? Why do I feel I haven't accomplished it? Correct. Now, it's the reason why we watch game tapes, right? <laughs> right? So the, the, the coaches, you know, have the, have the game videotaped so that the team can go back and watch it. Yeah. And see what they did. If they were successful, what were they doing that brought that success? If they were not successful, what were they doing that created that failure? And again, because it's not about success or failure, it's about the journey, right? It's about the exploration. I had a client yesterday use that word. I said, what is fulfillment to you? He said, being able to be in exploration, Mm. But I can explore. I don't, I, I feel free. I don't feel confined. You know, I can, I can be in the journey, right? Mm. Both allowing myself, but also being in environments that allow me to do that. That is fulfillment for me. Wow. Um, because what he as visionaries, what oftentimes what happens is, is we're not satisfied. We're only satisfied when we're not satisfied. In other words, because we're so growth driven, correct, right? Like you can totally it. relate, right? I get it. Like we're we're satisfied in our non satisfaction because we're onto you know like what's next? Like how can we make this even better? And even if you're not that way, you know, taking this time, you know, when you were talking, I was thinking about a friend's post a number of years ago where his daughter was skiing and she fell down and immediately, I'm okay, I'm okay. Before even probably assessing whether she was okay, yeah, you know, because yeah. we do this, we do this to our ourselves, we do this to our kids, we do this to other people where, you know, if we're sitting there assessing, it's like, you're good, you're good, get up, you know, shake it off, like whatever. Yeah. And, and we don't give ourselves the time to assess if that's really the case. I mean, it doesn't mean we're weak when we're assessing. Mm. It doesn't mean we're weak if we do have a moment of wanting to cry it out a little bit or process it out a little bit. That's not weakness. It's, it's, it's called the journey. And when we suppress that, what else are we suppressing? And where do we have to keep repeating the same mistakes over and over? Because we're not taking time to your point of assessing in the moment, learning from that, and then applying that data of that, my friend Vinay, if he was on here, mm-hmm. would love this, mm-hmm. that data to moving things effectively and efficiently into a better place, Yes. right? So it's not even about the destination of failure or success. Like, oh, that was a failure or, oh, Correct. that was a success and I arrived. Yes. It's really about using that information to, to, to bring into the next iteration of whatever it is that you're Ooh. journeying into. Ooh, drop right? that mic drop that mic I already did. I'd like to drop this mic because I'm like holding this thing and I'm like it feels like I have a baby or something <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness get the data look at the data and come back ready for the next iteration Ooh, ooh. so can I share something about so I'm going to be doing um a pod another podcast um uh, with a friend of my I know, look at you. Totally different thing. It's okay. What's yeah, that? 
No competition to what we're doing here. Oh no! <laughs> kidding. Please. You mean you're about to do something? What are you? No. Please. <laughs> On to the next thing. It's yeah, abundant. It's welcome abundant. to my world. It's um, but it's 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 with a friend and colleague of mine, you know, and he is he is that brilliant uh, visionary that sees things in data points, but also in models and visuals. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking to him and you have an idea, all of a sudden he'll start sketching it and he'll like show you a visual representation yes. right, of what you just said. Yes. And uh, he came up with this. We've been talking for a while now about, you know, that next iteration of leadership. Like mm -hmm. there's things that are ringing in our ears that just fall flat. Gotcha. I feel like we're moving into another area and some of the ways in which people are and we're all talking about leadership just feels kind of antiquated. And so we've been talking about this. And one of the things we're both super into mm -hmm. is quantum physics. Okay. And this idea of the fourth dimension, fifth dimension of things. And, you know, we have all been in story of the 3D. It's like, oh, this is the storyline. And, and we have to remember too, like if you ever watched the movie, The Matrix, you know, that when he started to go into the other dimensions mm -hmm. and then you go back, you start to question everything because you realize that those stories literally are just that we all make up everything. Mm. Like this whole idea of the science, the facts, but it's the facts. And like, what does that mean exactly? Because mm. everybody is always interpreting what they think they see mm. through their own lens. True. And through their own personal experience, what is fact for one person may be complete fiction for someone else in their experience. And so when we start to recognize that that idea of fact, what you say is fact, is fact for you. In other words, it's your truth, but it may not be mine mm. and that we're making it up then what else is possible? Like how that's when we can start to work with the story and say, well, the story I just told you about my life, let's say, you could come back and go, what if we reframed that and completely changed the story I just told you? Right. Which means which one is the story? Somebody else could come on and go, yeah, yeah, well, that was good. What if we were to reframe it this way and tell a completely different story of that original story that I told? So it's that we have that control to give meaning as we see fit, not mm -hmm. as is universal truth. Okay. Right. And I think at that point, leadership then becomes not so much a system of models that if you apply this, then you will be this, or you will create a culture of this. Mm -hmm. It really is more experiential, kind of what we're talking about is it's in the moment, it's personal, mm -hmm. but it's also collective at the same time. When we're building organizations, it's multiple people with multiple stories going on and multiple needs and experiences and iterations and, and where they want to grow and go. So sure. how do we create systems that allow for that? As opposed to box systems, which is all we've ever known, mm. where if you fit into this box, then, then, then that's, that's, you know, that all lines up. But if you don't fit into that box, we need to create another box so we can understand you and line right. you up, right? If we get out of the box thing, and we're in a fluid present state, how do we create systems to, to align with the potential of the human as opposed to trying to align and control the human to the potential, mm. right? to the concept of what we think they should be doing or being or acting in the role that they're in. I'm just talking you know, enterprise or organization mm -hmm. at this point, but this can apply across the board. 
you know, is that where are we boxing ourselves in, making up a story based on the box as opposed to the story that maybe we need or want to be making in the moment? I mean, if it's all a story anyway that we're making up, Mm -hmm. then most of the time we're going based on what other people have told, how other people have told us to interpret that story, right. as opposed to saying, okay, hold on for, for a minute. I'm going to stand back here. And if I were to strip away what other people have taught me and how to interpret that, that thing that just happened, how would I interpret it maybe differently, right? Run it through our own filter, you know, and really, and, and because again, what I would have interpreted as when I was 10 or when I was 24, or when I was 32, is or mm. even 49, yeah, is going to be different than the way I interpret it now. At 16. Mm -hmm. At 16, yeah, because I went back in time. <laughs> so we're going to dig into quantum leadership. Okay. The concept yeah. of, of, of quantum leadership and the leadership quotient. How do we create, because we have IQ, uh -huh. intelligent quotient we have eq emotional quotient yeah, and lq is leadership quotient and that is really more about the fourth dimensional self gotcha right so you know as you were talking i i i only thought about agile programming where you know as you're programming you are agile in understanding what needs to be done or i would even call this you know just in time production where you you're leading but you're not leading from a yeah you have a set of heuristics that it's a spaghetti trail and it's not a flow chart because a flow chart says i have to go here or there but in this case in your what, what i'm what i see is you know the leadership pieces you know what i'm going to take from all these different things and create a new box if i may say based off all these different pieces I have. It's, it's, I think it's, it's Blink, I think, Malcolm Gladwell, where we, we have all these different instances of, of, of living that we go through. And then when we come and engage into something, we go in our database and say, hmm, let me see what all these different things. And it's picking those pieces. But I have to go to the eavesdrop. Let's eavesdrop on the eavesdroppers right now. Um, Carl goes, we also have to ask ourselves, is this a test or am I being tutored? I think that's going through processes, things that we're going through our journey. Uh, more so, uh, okay, Alan, Alan went, what am I leaving behind? I think it was when we were talking about legacy and he says, in our failures, think legacy. Yeah. Albert Brooks rolled on and said, yeah, yeah, I found it's important to pause and reflect, giving myself permission to feel in that moment. And then I can begin to reach forward fully in who I am called to be for me, my family, and those people I interact with. Right. That is uh, so that is so profound, true. Right profound. There. That language, that man is profound. You, he's one of the most wonderful managers. He manages mm. big groups of people mm. um, in a huge organization, you know, worldwide Excellent. organization. And, you know, that is so those words are very true to his yeah. personality. So a couple more. Albert, thanks. Thanks for, for coming on. Carl goes, I have grown tremendously in my failures. Uh, and then Carl comes back again. Life is like a big classroom. And, and, and 
you know, when we when we do come in and engage life like it's a big classroom, and when we engage leadership, as you were talking about just now, see when we when we're on this journey and we 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 already know we have set the GPS, but then there's a block. But then and the GPS says, hey, recalibrate and go left. And instead we said, nah, we, this is where I'm going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go here. What you do in that instance is you're gonna waste time. You will re waste resources. And all I am seeing when you were talking about the leadership piece, some people have been thought, this is the way it is. This is how leadership is supposed to be. And you must do it like this. But you haven't met the diverse individual who's come on board, who has completely different value systems, a different view of what, how, when they're supposed to be doing something. And in that instance, when you meet your understanding of leadership for that person in leading that person is out the window. So you must, and it's in any and everything is leadership, is family, it's, it's being parents. Your your 10-year-old daughter is not the 16-year-old one, and you will not speak to her in the 10-year-old version. So you have to grow in your in your in your process as we're doing this journey. And, and thank you, Carl. Where is a big classroom as we walk? Don't put blinders on. Put microscopes uh -huh. on, you know? Oh, microscopes. To assess. Put blinders, put microscopes. I'm I love telling that. You. Well, the curiosity. So if you think about where we did our greatest learning, it was as children. Like the biggest learning curve we've ever been through, no matter what challenges we've been on in our adult lives, was when we were children. We were learning the most, the quickest. And that's because we were all open and curious. Like we didn't have a lot of stories to hold us back. We were yes. just like, ooh, what's that? What's that? Yes. What's that? How does that go together, you know? And that's how we were able to move through a lot of learning mm. quickly. And so mm. it's really about that microscope piece is what kind of triggered that thought. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I do believe that, you know, as we go through, it is also important, you know, when we are creating leadership, it's not so much about leading others. It's about creating in environments of empowerment where people learn how to lead themselves. Yes. Right. Because, and I think that's really a big thing is for so long, it was like, if I don't tell people what to do and how to do it, they're just going to be, you know, like adrift. And I don't believe that that's inherent to the human species. I, I do believe we all do it differently. Mm -hmm. Right. So to your point of diversity, I mean, if you look at the diversity data, the most diverse organizations are also the most innovative. And right now, growing the fastest, mm -hmm. right? being the most productive yep. and actually financially the most solvent. So if we look at that data, it shows us, okay, so diversity, what is that? That means different perspectives. A lot of different people who come from different walks of life, yes, but different experiences in life. And from those different experiences, they bring different perspectives. But in order to have a diverse culture, we have to have a system that supports that. It isn't about leading people to diversity. It's about, it's about inviting people to diversity, mm. right? And in, and in order to invite somebody into a space that is diverse, you have to have a system or an environment that supports that diversity, right? It's not trying to control it as much Correct. as just, it's like, what happens when we control a river? 
we put a dam in a river. What happens is that water stop flowing. Mm. Mm. Does it? Mm-mm. What does it do? Let, let's think about that for a second. So we have this big river. When we try to control things, I'm just going to use okay. water because it's in flow, right? We dam a river. What happens to that water? It doesn't stop flowing. What does it do? Keeps collecting and it finds a way. That's right. It's going to keep collecting. And then, and then that collection starts to build up. And if we don't create some place for that collection to go or to, you know, kind of fall back on itself effectively, it will create other issues, right? Flooding or whatever. So when we try to control things, we control one thing. That means we have to control another and another and another and another, and it's never ending. But if we allow for the flow, right? So let's say usually dams are to control water, to use it. Typically it's many reasons, but you know, nowadays it's to control it for energy use. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what we do. We control it and then we funnel it into whatever systems create that energy, mm. right? That we're looking to use the water for. So there's wow. a purpose. Before it was like, oh, damn it up because it's going to flood, but then it starts to flood something else. Correct. Um, and so we really want to look at where we do create boundaries because I think there's a difference between boundaries and control. Right. We do have to have bumpers. Right. So that right. people know what lane and, and, and that, you know, create a system. You can't have a system without boundaries. And so how do we do that? How do we? And that is the question, because it's different from organization, to organization, from household mm. to household, from person to person. The needs of, of, of what is the organization trying to accomplish? What are the core values of that organization? And this is true of a family or, or of a person. What are your core values? Right. What are you trying to accomplish? What's your legacy? Right. And where you control, it, it needs to be in the flow and alignment with taking you in that direction. I mean, how many times do I hear people say, I want to produce this in my life? But then their thinking is taking them in the opposite direction. Correct. Correct. Right. So they're trying to control a flow forward, but then they've got this backflow that's taking them in a different direction. So that's really the, the thing that I think it's not so much systems with boxes, cubicles. And you fall into this category and you do this this way. It's really invitational leadership is about saying, what are you good at? What are you brilliant at? What do you enjoy? Mm. And as you come in here, I'm going to just give you a little excerpt of what our organization is about. What do you see? Where do you think you would like to play? You know, remember in kind, I don't know if you had this where you grew up. Uh-huh. In kindergarten, we had PlayStations. Well, actually, it was preschool. Kindergarten, too, for me. Uh-huh. A preschool, and you'd go into the room, and the teacher would say, "You have ten minutes of open free playtime," and and there's all these different playstations, and you could go wherever you wanted. You would yeah. go to the cooking station, to the dress up station, to the Lego station, mm-hmm. you know. And it was what you were drawn to. And these days, we don't have that a lot in organ. The organizations that do have that are thriving. Yeah. Right. So it's like you it, it's inviting people to first have awareness of themselves and where they do best where they're going to be brightest and most productive where their their performance is going to be greatest because they're already great at that and it interests them because they're great at it and they can add more you know benefit to the organization because that's just something inherent in them that, mm. that's a valuable thing yeah you know, it's asking and inviting people to be part of that conversation and dialogue instead of just saying you know, you need to be able to do this. Can you do this? Okay, we're going to plug you in over here and this is yeah. how you need to do it. 
So you you just you just oof you just the systems engineer in me just went. I bet. Uh, uh, and and why why did it go that way? It went that way because all I'm thinking so in um object oriented programming, what you do is you create a whole lot of libraries a lot of libraries for outputs, for inputs, for processing, for, you know, arrays and, and lists, link lists, and all these different things that you have that you can come in and create the program to do X. So it could be uh, some kind of application or whatever it is. And all, as you were speaking, all I was seeing was I'm seeing and I'm seeing this for for companies where we're we're talking about leadership, right? Create these these libraries, and when I say these libraries, and you you talked about it, it's listen at this company we have created this framework, and it's that's the word the framework that allows you to thrive within our value system. And our value system, so if our core values are, so integrity, is a, integrity has a library of things that, these are the things that you can flow with, you know, if you have any other thing that you can add in this library, add it to it. Um, joy, whatever it is. And when we find ourselves, when we find, <laughs> you got my brain running to and fro. I love it. So, so. Here's, here's a good example analogy because I think I'm good at that. <laughs> when we would give clients our storage unit, storage system, uh, this is EMC, and we did not tell them this is, we didn't tell them how to use it <laughs> in beta when we would go and observe how they would use it, we would run back to the corporation. Oh my goodness. Hey, add this. This is a way that we could use this. Every single time we went and said, use it as a storage unit. It, it, it can't, and we give them the, <laughs> we give them the parameters and said, hey, just don't do this. Don't do that, but use it. Every single time they came out with some innovative way of using the application, of using the software, of using the hardware. And isn't it what we're saying here in life and even in leadership since today, I think leadership is a piece, but in everything we can come and say, sweetheart, don't do this, don't do that. But guess what? Anything in between, go ahead. And how innovative that child will be. Yes. How, how beautiful their mind will grow. Yes. As they engage. I was going to say, leadership is about, in my mind, it's about cultivating and potentiating. And potentiating is, is the same as catalyzing, right? So we provide the right environment mm. for them to find their greatest greatness in it, right? Their greatest ideas, their greatest value in, in skill sets, their greatest way of applying those, you know, to, to creating something specific, you know, and, and I think when we don't put parameters on, Right when the sky's the limit, we're giving the freedom for people to go beyond. I mean, it always reminds me of my probably one of my favorite quotes. I, many people have heard me say this a lot. Mm -hmm. 
you know, is uh, a John C. Maxwell quote when he says, I have goals, but I don't focus on them. Instead, I focus on growth. Mm. And by focusing on growth, I always surpass all my goals. Wow. Right. So we can give goals. Like here's the quota. You have to reach that. And, and the salesperson reaches that, but doesn't go beyond. Right. Or if he's really competitive, he might go a little bit beyond to show up his, you know, his teammates. Yes. You know, but if you give them, if, if you basically say, this is where we want to get, you know, how can you take your inner brilliance and, and your mm. acquired skill sets and apply it? To go in that direction, most people will go beyond the point to which we would have given them if we had given them a, like a deadline or a, a an end goal, right? And so that's exactly what we're talking about. That's mm. what untapped innovation is all about, is, is literally creating systems and environments where we don't tap people. And I, what I mean by tap is, is, is clamp down on what we think they can get accomplished Correct. or what we think we need to get accomplished, you know, and just say, we want to go into this. We, we, this is our product or service, and this is the market we want to go into. I mean, you see this all the time when it comes to advertising, the think tanks. So the big companies that have their own internal or, you know, uh, advertising people, mm -hmm. they all go into a room and they're like, okay, here's the new product. What, what are we, what, like, what are we going to say about it? And then they, yep. they, come, they dream up the idea of what they're going to, you know, what commercials they're going to put out there and what the content, you know, marketing and all that is going to mm -hmm. be. And, and the most innovative ones are the ones that don't give them parameters. They're yes. like, you know, obviously, you know, here's a budget and you can't say certain words like, okay, I mean, in this day, that doesn't even seem when it comes to music, <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no limits on that either. I mean, I was listening to the radio the other day and I was like, did they just yes. say what I thought they said? Yes. Mm. Um, Different you know, topic. But, yeah. So again, all, all a separate series. <laughs> but it's that's what I'm saying, though, is we're starting to see these trends towards untapped, untapped potential, right? So potentiating means there that we don't know what the potential is, but we know it's greater than where we are. And that's, again, as visionaries, why we're always looking at next, because we know the nature of potential is always beyond where we are. It doesn't mean where we are isn't good enough. It doesn't mean we don't celebrate where we are and we don't work with, again, failures even where we are and learning from them. But what we're shooting for, what we're, what we're recognizing and the, the, the North Star that we look at as visionaries is potential, which doesn't have a cap. There is no destination point. Mm. So it's just going further and further into it. It's discovering how much more I can do, how much more I can see, how much more I can produce, how much more I can even celebrate and acknowledge, how much more I can fail. Look at my capacity for failure. Like I can fall down flat on my face, learn a really solid lesson, get back up, apply that with humility, move mm. forward even more powerfully. I mean, right? Like it applies to everything. It's not just the big, 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 big. It can also be the, this really feels not so good. But when I look at it from a legacy perspective, again, through the lens of legacy, like I was just doing this with myself the other day when I was kind of going through a, you know, a bit of a, you know, I wouldn't say pity party is not quite, quite the right language, but, you know, just like, oh, what am I doing? You know? Mm. And I started to look at my legacy, just where I, ha I am up until now in my life. So looking back at what mm. I've created, I'm like, damn, I have, wow, 
I really respect me. Uh, really, I mean, yeah, I've made some mistakes, and yeah. I, you know, and I'm not even going to be like, so we all made mistakes. No, correct. It's about that. you. I have yep. made some big, big blunders, and some of them I learned from. Some of them I had to repeat a number of times, mm -hmm. and maybe even still repeating. Mm -hmm. But the whole point was is to look back and say, all in all, I think I'm pretty amazing. And it's, again, not to be in this place of look how great I am. It's to remind ourselves of what we're capable of and what it's really about. Mm. Right? It's not even the short-term win or the short-term loss. It's what we can take to move forward. And again, I love that you brought up the word legacy because I think ultimately, I mean, really, let's, I mean, when it gets right down to it, that's what our lives become once we're no longer living them. Yeah, yeah. Is oh. It becomes a legacy. Ah, Tracy, Tracy, you said a word, apply with humility. <laughs> it put a little, and I did the little sneaky little, you know, the little tear. Uh, uh, I got some cold, <laughs> cold in my eye, you know, anybody pick that up? <laughs> but no, uh, uh, apply with humility. Oh my goodness. I, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing uh, a neosporin tube that that if you apply with love if you apply with humility it works if you're brash if you are and, and you know your your, your learnings etc when you apply with humility what it does it's oh it's a sweet smell and savor it's it's tasty it's it's a balm because when you apply with humility oh my goodness the people who receive it, they know it. You don't have to say, I'm applying with humility. No. When you, when you, when you can, when you can engage your, your quantum physics, when you can engage your, your neuro, whatever, whatever you can engage with, when you can engage with humility, oh my goodness, the receipt, the, the, the receiving, the application, whatever you're putting it on, is, it's, a, it's bound to grow. It's bound to grow. And not only is it bound to grow, but you, you will yield a hundredfold in your application with humility versus you coming, beating your chest. I know it all. I know it all. Oh my goodness. Apply with humility. I I feel like that comes from natural humility. Oh my goodness. When we really fully embrace and own who we are, mm. you know, flaws and all, you know, and, and, and that that's, we're just showing up as who we are and we're allowing ourselves to be seen flaws and all, and we're not trying to, you know, measure or mark our words, you know, perfectly because we are afraid to offend someone or, you know, we want to make everybody feel comfortable or, you know, we're simply being, and, and again, from a state of peace, mm. I feel like humility and peace, like humility to me is being human in a peaceful state. And, and how can we be our own unique human from a oh. peaceful state if we don't totally embrace and accept and own who we are, right? So for me, in those moments of when I know that I'm in humility, like I can feel it, it's all over me. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm not trying to say the most brilliant thing in the room. I'm not trying to like get get somewhere. I'm simply being 
Yeah. Again, that's back to what you were saying about being present, you know? Yeah. I'm simply being because mm. I'm comfortable with who I am and, and, and take it or leave it. And, and that's not in a reactionary, well, you could take it or leave it kind of way. But Correct. It's, just, it's in a completely neutral state of peace again. To uh. me, that's humility. Like that's my personal experience when I know that I am embodying that, you know, because, I, you know, again, I, I just like you, I have the same response to that word. Mm. There's something mm. deeply reverent that goes on internally with, mm. with the concept of humility, because I believe that I do believe at our core, that's where we all want to be. You know, it's birthing our true selves into the world and being peaceful in that self and, and bringing that self forward for, for whatever value purposes it offers. Yeah. Right. I, I believe we all want that. Um, whether we recognize it or not. And, and so now I'm going to go back to framework to discuss this humility and reverence thing here, because I think the, the lack of it is based on a framework where you believe that you are not unique. Now, let me pop this kernel. When you believe that you're unique and what you have to offer the world is an answer to some problem, you can engage with the humility that, not, not with the pride that I'm the only one with this uniqueness, but with the humility that, gosh, I came on earth to birth this. And the only way that I can birth this is I have to be humble, reverence, reverencing the fact that I was given this thing and I can humbly give it to whomever that will listen. The flip of that coin is I have to be first to, to, to give it one. I have to, 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 to give it like this and I'm going to shove it down because I don't care. The, look at the two, the difference between those two instances where one is I'm uniquely, I'm, I'm, I'm unique. Um, Stacy, um, Tracy, why am I saying Stacy? Tracy, you, you said you sat down and said, gosh, I'm amazing, not from a prideful state, but from a place of, oh my goodness, I am amazing. And eavesdroppers, you are amazing. And when you can engage with that thought process of I'm amazing and in your, and I'm going to piggyback off your, your, your zone of, of, of genius, and you can engage from your zone of genius with humility. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. The things that you can uncover, the things, the places, the untapped potential, the place that you can reach with 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 humility, reverence, and peace and joy. Ah, it's it's unbelievable. It's, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard where you will go. That's true. <laughs> that is so true. Well, and again, I like to use the puzzle piece analogy because for me it really says a lot, is that each puzzle piece is unique. Mm. So there's no, I mean, you're talking like the five thousand i mean even if the small little puzzles it's like this but you know five thousand piece puzzle if if the puzzle is the world and everybody coming together in their rightful place allows the world to be fully connected and in its perfect homeostasis state mm. that each one of those pieces is unique i mean there's no other piece that can take the place of that other piece in the puzzle 
And so if we just accept that, and that we are a unique puzzle piece in the world, and that, you know, our job is only to find out where we fit, <laughs> mm. right? Not where, you know, oh, that other person's found the place they fit. I, I must be, I need to fit over there. No, they already took up that spot. They're good. Like they're, they're doing their job, you know, and, and you see, you see what comes of them finding their fit and how productive they are and how successful they are. As soon mm. as you find yours, you'll be just like that. Mm. That's what happens. It's not about you trying to mimic what they did and fit into the same kind of spot or try to bump them out of their spot so you can take it. It's literally about saying, yes, that's what will happen when you find your rightful place too. your rightful person, your rightful place, your rightful, you know, whatever. I mean, it's that whole thing. It's like, he stole my, you know, my job or, or, you know, that, that, that woman took my man or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, "Mm, if it's meant for you, it shouldn't be a fight. It shouldn't be a fight. That's what I heard you saying. The difference between those two is one is fighting for that spot. And the other one is recognizing that nobody can rightfully take your spot because they won't fit there. Can't. They can try, mm. but ultimately they're going to have to move on because it's going to be uncomfortable because their puzzle piece nodules and stuff won't fit into that spot. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. Right? Uh, Roberta Roberta goes, hey, Roberta, how are you, dear? Good seeing you on here. A good friend of mine and now a good friend of ours because she's an eavesdropper. (laughs) Um, Roberta goes, the puzzle piece analogy is spot on. Each of us has a role role to play in our world that is uniquely ours. Beautiful. Yeah, uniquely ours. And once we we can understand that, and I think what that does also, it gives you the, it removes anxiety. Yeah. It removes worry. It removes, um, it, 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 it makes you eager and patient because eagerness and, pa- and, and anxiety are two different things. I'm eager to get it. I'm anxious. Will it happen? Hmm, I'm not sure it's going to happen. But you're eager with patience to uncover and, ah, and mold your puzzle piece. Because you see, in order, I'm, I'm getting this now, in order for your puzzle piece to get on, it has to be molded in a particular shape. And you can't mold it to another person's shape. You have to mold it from what's within. Remember, we talked about looking within to, to, to find who you are and then come out and it molds. And then <clears throat> there's a Bible verse that says, your gift will create room for you. That's that, that's, that's the puzzle piece space. That's, that's it. That's you. it. Yes. Your puzzle piece. you. Yes. leadership. It's inviting you into it. It's like, hey, mm. I'm your space. Ooh. You're made to fit into me perfectly. <sighs> Here I am. Yeah. Ah, uh, Tracy, come on, take us home, sis. Take us. Oh home. my goodness. Well, we'll have to figure out what what to call this. It's going to have to be something around that concept of fitting into your rightful place. I loved what Roberta said. You know, I I it's, I listen to people's language, and I always think hashtag swag quotes yep yep <laughs> because it's so it's so lovely like it just it rang very truthfully mm-hmm. and succinctly to what we were saying i i feel that there's something there so if we can take her language and possibly make it as our title um play your role play around with it and yeah 
use it because we did that with Carl one time and I like we that. Sure I like did. to use our eavesdrop listeners. We sure did. Brilliance yeah. to and title our Roberta, here's what happens. Um when we if we use yours, we're gonna take a picture of you and put it on our YouTube <laughs> thing right on the bottom and say based on inspired by Roberta McCauley. <laughs> That's right. That's how it works. Uh, That's, my... right. That's why you got to be ready to be seen, heard, and loved for your value when you come on here and start talking because we will put you in the spotlight. Ah, uh, Tracy, uh, another one. You know, before this, I'm going, what are we going to talk about? And I'm going, what are we, how are we going to spend the hour? But oh my goodness, it's, it's what it is. We'll come and we'll just talk. Do you, do you still question that? <laughs> no, I don't. So I tell you this before we go. So I know how to shoot. I know how to bounce. I know how to play basketball. But every single time before a game, I had the butterflies. And the butterflies, I found out the butterflies are there to let me know that I'm alive. And I'm going to do it well. That's if I did not respect it, I would not have had the butterflies. But I respect it. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. We're going to show up. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And it all, it never fails. So thank I you. I love that. That's the eagerness you were just talking about. Like the difference between anxiety and eagerness. Yes. The butterflies are that eagerness, that anticipation Bye. and excitement, you know, because you get to be, a part. I feel that too. It's like, we get to be a part of something that we're not trying to control. We're simply allowing ourselves to be in this space and whatever we have to offer to it. And, and that's what we're inviting other people. I mean, I really feel to it. What I love most about our way of inviting people to come in and be a part of this is that is that invitational leadership because we're all leaders, right? We're all, mm. if you influence people, you're a leader. Yes. And who doesn't influence people? We all do. Yep. Everything we say, everything we do influences somebody in some way, mm. positively, negatively, or otherwise. And so I think that that's the thing is, is what, because everybody has that brilliance and we all want to see it and we want to shine a light on it. And yeah. we want other people to see their unique, you know, other people to see each other's unique brilliance and, and, and then collectively be, you know, be in that space of allowing one another to shine. Correct. And so I, I really love that. And, and, and I'm glad that we're here, you know, able to, to continue to do and, that. And, and, for showing up. and that's why we want you to write to comment. When you eavesdropping, comment because you have the gem within you to make this even better. So thank you for coming in and thank you, Tracy Waltman Phillips. Thank you. You have a good one. Sports. It's so good to see you and see you in another two weeks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.